You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We are here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your June 25th edition of the podcast, and on today's show, we're going to be breaking down the walk-off win, um, big hit by Marco Hernandez. Um, and then we're also going to be discussing a uh, rather popular Pete Abraham article that came out today, questioning whether or not the uh, Red Sox should be buyers or sellers. Um, today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. <clears throat> okay, Matt. So um, pretty big win tonight uh, for the Red Sox. Uh, they come back. They end up winning this one 6-5 to five over the White Sox at home. Um, lots been made of their record at home. Now it sits at an even 500. Uh, but this was a pretty massive win for the team. Yeah, I mean... They needed some momentum. I mean, the way they ended the series against Toronto is obviously disastrous, and it just felt like they were sinking a little bit. So they needed something like this. It was really nice to see some resilience from the offense. Um, they still struggled with runners in scoring position. It definitely wasn't a good game. I mean, they went 3-for-12 with runners in scoring position, left 11 guys on base, but... They kept falling behind by a run or two, and then they kept coming back and tying it up. And at the time, it was a little frustrating that they couldn't get that other run across to take a lead. But, uh, I mean, they eventually did in the ninth, obviously, to get the win. So, um, all in all, in a vacuum, this really wasn't that great of a game. But they got the win, and right now, that's all that really matters. Yeah, that's the important thing. Um, I was really happy to be away uh, watching minor league baseball this weekend um, while that Toronto series went on. Um, and obviously I wasn't on the podcast yesterday, but listening to you guys talk about that, it sounded like it was a debacle. And uh, also hearing Jerry Remy talk about that series on the broadcast, uh, I think it was yesterday hearing him talk about that. I saw a little bit of it. Um it seemed like he had just gone through war uh, watching the last two games of that series. I mean, it was—I mean, it was awful. It's against a bad team, and I mean, we were talking about before the weekend how this was a chance to kind of get a ton of momentum. And I told you not to get your hopes up about getting so close to the Yankees, and uh, that's why things are weird. And this season has just been weird. Yes, uh, it sure has. Um, but nonetheless, it's pretty cool. Uh, the way that this one broke down uh, definitely didn't involve the starting pitchers very much. Lucas Giolito looked okay today, uh, very hittable at times. He did give up six hits, walked four guys, which I think was the bigger story. Uh, he's had just an, an amazing season for for those guys. Eduardo Rodriguez, though, uh, didn't have a very good game either. Uh, he walked two guys, gave up six hits. Um, but the big thing was the five earned runs, and the wheels sort of came off there for a little bit. I didn't think he was as – I think his stat line was worse than he was. Um, the home runs obviously aren't great. He wasn't – I mean, he was definitely wasn't, like, lights out or anything. But he didn't really throw a lot of pitches in the middle of the zone. I think he was just 
a little predictable at times. It seems like, especially on the Makata home run that he hit like 700 miles an hour. Um, he was just waiting for that pitch in, on the inside corner and just turned around on it. So, um, he was kind of cruising for a little bit before his last inning. I think him coming out for the seventh was kind of indicative of A, the bullpen being really overworked and B, just not being very good and Cora not really feeling great about turning to them unless he absolutely has to. So I think ideally he would have been out after the sixth and it wouldn't have been quite as bad. But, uh, I mean, all in all, I thought he was okay and better than, he was at least better than five runs in six and a third, which is what his line ended up being. Yeah, it really didn't seem like Cora wanted him out there um, because of how quick the hook was. Yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, I don't think, I think if they had a better bullpen, there's no way he would have been back out there. Yeah, so this one really did come down to the offense and guys kind of chipping away at the lead that uh, was built up by the White Sox. Um, I think Nooney had a great game. He had the uh, single in the fifth inning that scored Chavis. He sort of reached down and, and got a slider and poked it out there. Um, there was the sequence in the sixth inning where um, Chavis walked, uh, scoring uh, Devers. And then Betts had the big homer in the seventh. And then Nunez was back at it again in the eighth, uh, singling to left and scoring uh, Marco Hernandez. But um, Nunez had a really impressive game at the plate. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of when he's going well. This is what he does. He swings at bad pitches, but he puts decent swings on it, at least better swings than he has in any business putting on it and kind of just poking base hits all over the field. And So if you get guys in front of him when he's hitting well and he has kind of been swinging a better bat over the last few weeks, um, this is what happens. I mean, like you said, he had a big game. He had two tying hits, including the tying hit in the eighth that um, – eventually led to the walk-off in the ninth. So Nunez gets a lot of crap for things that he does bad, and it's deservedly so. But when he does something well, he deserves the credit for that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Jen actually had a tweet about that, Jen McCaffrey, pointing out that Nunez doing something good needs to get some props. That's absolutely right. We do get on Nune too much. Um, but the big sequence happened in the bottom of the ninth inning. Um, <clears throat> where the bases got loaded, uh, Benintendi hit, hit the leadoff double there. Um, <clears throat> Jackie Bradley was uh, eventually walked. Um, Bogarts was also walked. Uh, and then Marco Hernandez comes up and uh, hits sort of not the most hard-hit ball, but um, just kind of out there enough that Tim Anderson had to make a pretty long throw on it, and he was going to beat that regardless of if Abreu dropped the ball or not. Yeah, the Red Sox... Kind of got a little lucky there. Um, you watch the replay. The play was at third base. Um, Bogarts would have been out by a mile, but uh, Anderson didn't see it, and also uh, Mancata didn't really react quickly enough, so he was kind of flat-footed going back to third base. Um, so I don't. It would have been a, needed a perfect throw for Mancata to be able to make that play, just because he wasn't prepared. But I mean, if the White Sox were better prepared on that play. Um, that would have been an easy out. So, I mean, you take what you can get. Hernandez put the ball in play. That's half the battle. That's what you need to do in that situation. It worked out. But looking at the replay after the game, I think that was more a case of the White Sox just messing up a play that uh, probably should have been made and probably should have pushed it to extras. Absolutely. 
But it was important that the Red Sox did get the win here today. It was cool to see Marco Hernandez be the hero after everything that he's gone through as well. Um, and, and most importantly, I think it gives the team a little bit of momentum heading into tomorrow. So we're going to take a quick break here. And when we get back, we're going to hit on that uh, article that I alluded to. All right, welcome back for segment two. Um, so let's get right to it. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, recently about what the Red Sox need to add to this team, and it's clear that the thing that they need to add, and you and Keaton hit on it yesterday, and uh, it's been talked about a lot, but the thing that needs to happen is bullpen help needs to come to this team, whether that's one arm or two arms, potentially three arms, probably not three, but um, they probably need two arms realistically. But the big question here, and the one that was posed by Pete Abraham in an article on the 23rd, uh, is might this be the right time for the Red Sox to be sellers rather than buyers? Um, essentially saying, hey, look, um, this Red Sox team is flawed. Um, maybe two arms could help. Maybe it won't. Um, but getting ahead of this thing and not sort of flaring out in the postseason might be the right thing to do. Um, going out there and selling off some of these big chips like Martinez, uh, like Betts, uh, Rick Porcello. Uh, he mentions basically everybody uh, who is on a shorter-term deal, uh, and even some guys that weren't. In the article, he mentions shopping around Eduardo Rodriguez, who's got two and a half years more control, um, shopping some of the guys in the bullpen, et cetera, et cetera. So, what, are, what is your take on the idea of the Red Sox as sellers rather than buyers, and where do you stand right now? Am I watching a different sport? Have I been watching a different sport for the last two decades where the baseball playoffs are kind of written in stone before they start? I mean, the last time I checked, the playoffs are about as random in baseball as any other sport. Um, and I just I hate the idea that playing for the wild card isn't worth it, especially when you're a team like the Red Sox that are in such a win-now mode. Um, I mean, this the idea that they should sell is ludicrous to me. It's, it makes absolutely no sense. So I think you make a good point. Um, obviously, when we think about the team as it's currently constituted, this is basically the team that won the World Series last year, right? It's no question they've been underperforming relative to where they should be to this point, and a lot of those things can be pointed out with flaws in the bullpen and you know the offense being inconsistent and this and that, but by and large, this is returning the same thing. So when you're thinking about guys being up for free agency and Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez and, and things like that coming up here soon, you're thinking of maximizing that window, right? But is there a point where if the Red Sox were to go on a skid here and maybe drop, I don't know, let's call it like five, five six games out of the second wild card spot by the time that trade de trade deadline comes along would you think differently about that at that point for some of the guys um i mean there's not a scenario in the world where i'm even entertaining the idea of trading bookie bets that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard and i, I get like physically uncomfortable <laughs> when people bring it up it's just so dumb this idea that we're already starting to leave let the Red Sox ownership off the hook for not offering him all the money in the world is just, it's infuriating. But, uh, I mean, do you have, do you disagree? With selling Mookie Betts? Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
I think that there's a point where – so mostly – I'm going to preface this by saying I'm mostly 100% with you on the fact that Mookie Betts is that type of player you need to keep in your organization no matter what, and it's an organizational failure if you let him go uh, or walk in free agency, you let somebody else sign him, whatever. If you're not the person offering him the most money, I think it's an organizational failure by the Red Sox. However, um, if – there are things happening internally that we don't know about um, in terms of like Mookie Betts saying that he's, you know, not interested in re-signing in Boston long term or he puts a figure out there that maybe is, I don't know, 50 to 100 million more than the Red Sox uh, are willing to go with him. Um, I think that it would also be foolish well, for Dave Dombrowski to uh, waste a a chip that could help replenish the team in the future. I mean, to the first point, every indication is that he likes it in Boston. There's no, there's nothing that would indicate that that's the case. Um, I don't even think that's worth talking about. There's, he's had nothing but good things to say about playing in Boston. Um, to the second point, if he's asking for more money than they're willing to spend, that's on them. And I guess, yeah, trade him, but then that's, that's on them that it's even to that point. Um, there really shouldn't be an amount of money that he's going to ask for. That's too much. So, I mean, especially this year, I mean, I guess next year, maybe you think about it a little more once it starts to get closer. But I think trading him this year is absolutely ludicrous. Some of the other guys I can see, Martinez, if you don't think, if you think he's going to opt out, you don't want to pay him. I could kind of see that argument. Uh, same with Porcello. Um, but the thing is, those guys aren't bringing back people think they're going to get bring back especially jd martinez jd martinez is not bringing that much back this this summer if they trade him jd martinez is an interesting case because he I, was just I, traded a couple of years ago right but he didn't bring much back he did not um i would argue that he is a better player now than he was back then when he was traded um and the landscape might be a little bit different at this point but he's having a much worse season than he was when he got traded two years ago, mm, actually, much worse. Not really. Um, when he one thirty tra- OPS plus one sixty five when he got traded with the Tigers. Is that that's at much the worse. time he got traded? Yes. That's actually surprising to me because I remember when he went over to Arizona, he hit like twenty eight of his home runs in the second yeah, half he, of that season. He did, but he had a better OBP with uh, Detroit um, and Park Factors played a role in that too because that was before Arizona went with the humidifier. He couldn't have had 16 home runs by that point though, right? He had 16 home runs with the Tigers and 29 with the Diamondbacks. Okay. Interesting. Alright, so he's already got 16 now so he's probably on pace to be a little bit ahead of where he was in the home runs. But yeah, nonetheless, you're right. He has been in a little bit of a rut lately which has definitely deflated his numbers. Yeah, I agree with you. You're not going to get a ton for him. Um, but I guess if the Red Sox fall, I'm going to I'm gonna put my threshold at more than five games out of the second wild card spot by the time the deadline comes along. I'm okay with shopping everybody not named Mookie Betts uh, that he mentions. That includes uh, the guys that you said, Porcello, Martinez, even if you can get sort of B-level prospects for those guys, um, the Brock Holtz, the bullpen pieces that aren't part of your future plan, um, 
definitely the untouchables to me. Benny, Bogey, Devers, um, Vasquez probably. Michael Chavis I wouldn't exactly classify that way. Um, Price, Sale, Eovaldi I think you're keeping. Um, I would definitely shop Jackie Bradley as well if you're that far out. Um, are you in agreement with that or any of those guys, guys, that you think that you would definitely keep? I wouldn't trade anybody that could help in 2020. I could I could definitely see the argument for trading guys like Martinez and Porcello, guys that you think are leaving a free agency, but anybody that can help next year and you don't have a definitive plan to replace them in 2020, I'm not trading them because this is still a championship window. This is just like a blip on the radar. So uh, if I'm trading Jackie Bradley, I better know what my plan is to fill the outfield next year before I make that trade. Yeah, it's a good point. Because they're gonna want to be in contention next year as well. But hopefully, hopefully they keep having more moments like they had today, and uh, we do not have to talk. I, mean, about I think that. that's. I think that's the other thing. The American League is not good. Like they they shouldn't fall that far out. Anything's possible. Obviously, in this season has been weird enough that you obviously can't rule anything out. But the way looking at the rest of the American League, it should not be that difficult to stay in the second wild card spot. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it, too. I mean, as infuriating as the Red Sox have been at points this year, they're a better team than the Athletics and the Angels and the Rangers and the Indians. All those teams, they're better than. Um, They might be a better team than Tampa Bay, even. Probably not, but I don't think that... I think they could be. I think, I mean, they should be. I don't know that they are, but they should be. That's the thing. I think if they're performing like they, they can that they will be, and I think that they'd certainly be better than Tampa Bay if they added a reliever or two. So, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that they're probably not going to catch the Yankees at this point, but, you know, Tampa Bay's in play. So I'm definitely still in, firmly in team ad, but I think it's an interesting discussion to talk about and clearly not one that we thought we would be having at this point uh, last year, right? No, I I don't even think it's interesting. I think it's it the Martinez Porcello thing is potentially interesting. The Betts thing is just infuriating and just is just getting way too cute. Like you don't you don't trade Mookie Betts. It's so stupid to keep that we have to keep talking about this. <laughs> Alright, let me throw you one more scenario before we wrap this thing up. because um, we're 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 getting quite to the end. But if someone offered you like if if you got some indication that Mookie didn't want to come back and they offered you, I don't know, someone with a great system like a Houston or a Tampa Bay, they offered you, you know, their top two prospects in their system. So we're talking like a, a Kyle Tucker or a Wander Franco or that type of prospect for Mookie Betts. Would you consider that? No, not unless there was a 0% chance I'm – not getting bets back and even then I don't think I would at this point because I would be confident that I can convince him in a year and a half that he should stay here because we're the Red Sox and we have all the money in the world I I mean it's just it's ludicrous to me it's Mookie Betts like all these top (laughs) prospects the best out of this world scenario is is you're getting Mookie Betts like and you already have them just keep them it's so simple absolutely absolutely I, I agree I agree 
I think the only scenario is if like you're 100% sure that he doesn't want to be there. And like you said, there's zero indication of that being true. So, yeah. Every indication is that he does want to be here. I mean, he I think the biggest thing with him is money, and there's nothing wrong with that, and I think he wants to be the highest paid player he can and kind of use that as a status symbol in the game and advance the union's uh missions and all that that's all great but i think he all the things being equal he would want to stay in boston that's every that's at least publicly that's been the indication i agree so hopefully the red sox will keep winning here and we do not have to talk about any of this we can talk about adding guys like will smith instead so uh that has been the show i am back uh if you like the show please go on and rate and review us you can follow us on twitter you can follow the locked on red sox account at lo underscore red sox you can follow Matt at Matt R.Y. Collins, and you can follow me at, at Deb Jake. You can ask us questions and interact with us there. You can also urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to the show. We always appreciate that. It helps us get New Year's. And fans of the league as a whole, tune in to Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thank you so much, and we'll be with you tomorrow for your Wednesday show? Yeah, that's it. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>